This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. down, shaking together, and running over. Well, we welcome everybody. So good to have Miss Sylvia Minger. She's stationed in Texas, but she's back here with us. She's always watching online. So good to have you guys. I know, Roizel, I can see you smiling even behind that mask. (laughs) I hear you, bro. (laughs) Woo. Hallelujah. Well, we're talking about the believer's authority. Hallelujah. Turn to Ephesians. We're going to turn to Ephesians 6, but turn to Ephesians 1, to, uh, chapter 1 also, and then we'll get over to Ephesians 6. You know, have you ever prayed for God to do something about the devil's attack on your life? Did you know that nowhere in the New Testament are we taught to do that? Does that come as a shock to you? You know, even Paul had to learn that. He tried to do it, and the Lord said, no. He said, my grace is sufficient. That didn't mean you got to put up with it. That meant, you know, the grace of God working in you is sufficient for you to do something. Here's what the, the, the Bible teaches us that we are to resist the devil, that we can bind the devil, and that we can cast out the devil. But nowhere does it say pray to God to do that. I'm, hey, I'm with you. I'd, I'd be glad if God just did everything, my part, his part, that part. But we have to understand God's, God's got his part, but I've got my part. And when we're talking about authority, remember we talked about it last time. We talked about authority is based on position, my position, and delegated authority that comes with that position. So I want to read here in Ephesians. Well, actually, let's look at Ephesians 2. I said one, but let's look at Ephesians 2, 6 real quickly. This is just to remind you, review a little bit. And God raised us up with Christ. Who did it? Who did it? If God did it, it's done. God raised us up with Christ and seated us. Who seated us? If God did it, it's done, isn't it? Seated us with Christ in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Now turn back to Ephesians 1. You know this prayer here because we prayed it. We mentioned it many times at different times. Paul's praying this prayer. He says to the Galatians, he says, I want you to understand your new position in Christ. And listen, it comes by revelation. The Holy Spirit has got to uh, reveal it to us. You know, we can read things. We're all intelligent people. I know you guys are a lot smarter than I am, but we can read things and we can understand it with our mind, but that doesn't mean we've got it yet. That's a starting place. But he says, I'm praying that you will get the revelation of what God did in Christ Jesus. Notice what he said. He said to give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. In order that you may know, 
the hope for which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. He said it, that power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places. Now, who was also raised and seated with him by this great power? We were. I said, we were. You were. This incomparably great power. When God raised up Jesus, he raised you up. The same power. The same power. The same power. And seat him at his right hand, far above. That means we are too. Far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is invoked. Not only in this present age, but also in the one to come. He has put all things under his feet. Well, I'm going to tell you something. I don't care. Like I said before, if you're the, you're the bottom of the little toe, I'm telling you, they're under you. Because they're under his feet. And we know this, the Scripture teaches us that all of us who have been baptized into Christ by His Spirit, by the new birth, all of us, we are members of His body. So whatever part you are, you're in the body somewhere, and His whole body has been raised up, and all principalities and powers, defeated, dethroned, disarmed by Him, are under His feet, therefore they're under my feet. This is why we are appointed to do something about the devil in our lives. That's the starting place. And most of the chronic, ongoing problems, bondages, things that want to hang on to us, you know, in Hebrews it talks about the weights and the sins that so easily beset us, Uh, lingering uh, sickness, lingering lack and poverty and things. I mean, we all go through things, but I'm talking about, you know, it's just chronic. It's just there all the time. Listen. There is a demonic power at work, and it has to be broken. Amen? You can't heal a devil. <laughs> Amen? You just can't. you got to do something. You, one of three things, like I said, you either need to resist him, or you need to bind him, or you need to cast him out, depending on the level of operation that's going on. But it's up to you and I to do something. Now, Ephesians 6, I I just wanted to review that a little bit because I want to remind you. Ephesians 6, 12, we have to remember the theater of warfare. Most of us are more in tune with the natural realm than we are with the spiritual realm. That's why we're more in tune with our circumstance than what's behind the circumstance. Amen? Amen. If I asked you what's going on in your life today, most of you would tell me, well, you know, uh, I'm dealing with this sickness or this problem or this family issue or that issue. And, and, you know, and that's all real. But those are the circumstances. See, we look at the fruit a lot of times, and we're trying to deal with the fruit, but we need to get to the root. Amen? We need to get to the root of the matter, and that's going to be spiritual. We need to deal with the thing, the attack that's coming against us. So the theater of warfare is in the spiritual realm. Notice what Paul says here, verse 12. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Or we could say it this way. Our, our struggle is not against the natural circumstances of our life. 
Yet too often, that's where we're, we're warfaring. We're trying to get all the ducks in a row. We're trying to get this fixed, that fixed, the other fixed, something else fixed. The time you get that fixed, three other things need fixing. You know what I'm talking about? He said, it's not flesh and blood. It's not in the natural realm. He said, but it is against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. That is the theater. The theater of warfare is in the realm of the spirit. God is a spirit. You are a spirit. The devil and the fallen angels that follow him, they are spirit. God's word is spirit. Our authority is spiritual. That is where the realm, that's where the battle has to be. But see, the devil is very, very clever. He's defeated, but he's still very clever. And he wants to get us into the realm of the natural. Whether it's in conflict with one another. I don't like you because of the way you look. I don't like you because of the color of your skin. I don't like you because of where you're from. He, he wants to do everything he can to get us in the natural. Or he wants to, you know, get you looking at your bank account. How small it is. Well, where in the world does the Scripture say, Now my God shall supply all your needs according to the amount in your checkbook. Where does it say that at? Is that in there, Brother Bruce, and I overlooked it? No. See, he, he, whatever it might be. And you know, and sometimes circumstances, not sometimes, all the time, circumstances have a voice, don't they? They talk. Amen? If you, if you ever had pain in your body, it talks to you. Amen? Lack will talk to you. Things will talk to you. So, you know, we, but we have to move beyond that and understand, you know what? Wait a minute. I see the fruit, the circumstance. I see the results. Okay, but what I've got to do is I've got to deal with the root. Remember when Jesus went to the fig tree looking for fruit and he found none? And so he said, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, he said, no man eat fruit from you from forever, you know, in so many words. And the next day they went by, or a day or two later they went by, and it had dried up from the From the roots. Of, and see, we don't, if we don't get past the fruit of our circumstance, we'll never deal with the root of our circumstance. This is where authority comes in. Amen? So it's the spiritual realm. It is a fight of faith. Isn't that what he said we, we deal with? It's a fight of faith. Listen, you deal with the root, and the fruit will go. You deal with the, you deal with the spirit of fear, and fear will go. You won't be tempted to fear. You won't be tempted to worry. If you deal, but if you don't deal with it, you can. I mean, you know, well, Pastor, I'm trying. You know, I'm trying to cast down. You know, these thoughts that keep coming. Well, you need to take your authority because something's not right. When that persists, the enemy attacks us. You know, he he uses fear. He uses doubt. He uses condemnation. He uses guilt. Then he'll work in the natural realm through your finances. He'll attack your body. He'll cause a strife between brothers and sisters or family members. We need to understand when that happens, instead of, you know, fighting back and everything and, you know, giving them a piece of your mind, which you can't afford. We need to realize, wait a minute, what's, there's something spiritual going on here. 
There's something spiritual going on. It's a fight of faith. And I'm going to tell and listen, we know this, God's word is spirit, isn't it? Jesus said the words that I speak, they're spirit and life. So we take the sword of the spirit using our God-appointed authority because of our position in Christ, seated at the right hand of the majesty on high. And we say, no way, devil, it's not going to happen. Amen? You, need, you know what? You need to make some arrests. You need to serve some warrants on the devil. Amen? He's been trespassing for too long. He's been stealing from you for too long. He's been oppressing you or your family for too long. And you need to serve a warrant on the devil written in the blood of Jesus. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> We're talking, what? My authority. See, instead of praying for God to do that, God says, you get up and do it. Amen? See, because when you do it, the devil sees not just you, that person you see in the mirror when you look at yourself and you see your body. He sees the spiritual realm. He sees you in Christ Jesus. He sees you raised up together. He sees you with the life of God. He sees you clothed in the righteousness of Christ. I'm trying. <laughs> it's a fight of faith. And see, he always tries to get us back over in the natural. Oh, I don't know what we're going to do. Ain't got enough money. Well, God does. How's you fretting about your zeros going to add anything to your zero? <laughs> Amen. Jesus said, he said, <laughs> he said, you can't make one hair, you know, turn a different color just because you fret about it. I guess it could turn gray, but turn loose but you know he said you can't add another uh, you know a day or even a moment to your life by by fretting over it that's you're going about it all the wrong way let's 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 begin to be spiritually minded look let's look over in second corinthians chapter 10 now remember we're talking about confronting satanic power everybody listen if you're going to live for the lord jesus christ you're going to come into conflict because the devil is still here. Now, he's disarmed. He's dethroned. But you know what? There are laws in the United States and in the city of Montgomery that prohibit certain activities and declare that they are criminal. But that doesn't mean that criminals won't still try to do it. And so what happens is the authority has to step in and say, No way. This is illegal. This is not permitted. Now, what he said over there in Matthew 18, he said, whatever you permit, one translation says, or you allow, he said, heaven will allow. Second Corinthians 10. What are y'all laughing about? Is it funny? Am I funny? Maybe I am. Second Corinthians 10, 3. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. Now, you know, people that are, that are not saved and carnal Christians, they get all caught up in the conflict and the strife of the natural realm. See, this is why I don't get all caught up in politics. 
That's not where the warfare is. Come on. Name me one president that's done everything just right, whatever flavor he might be. You know? And when President Biden's out and the next president, whoever it is in, you know what? There's going to be some that like him and some that don't. That's just the political. But that's not where the warfare is. That's not where the battle is. That's not where I'm looking to see things change. It's the church who holds the keys to, to, to the authority here in the earth as the body of Christ. And unless we do something, I'm going to tell you what. I'm, I mean, I'm amazed, really, that they can do what they do. Because if the church doesn't take our place in authority and begin to exercise it in prayer, in obedience, in faith, if we don't begin to do that, I'm going to tell you what, I can tell you exactly what's going to happen. Things are going to wax worse and worse. <laughs> it ain't got nothing to do with politics. It's got to do with that devil. He says the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have the power, weapons we have, have divine power to demolish strongholds. Boy, I like that. Divine power. So you've got divine authority. And divine power, the throne of God, is behind that authority. See, the only reason a policeman can serve a warrant and make an arrest is because there is power behind the authority he's been given. And see, when you stand up and begin to use the name of Jesus and the Word of God and the blood of Jesus and you resist the devil, you bind that devil, you cast him out, you begin to do that, the power, the divine power of the throne of God is behind it. To demolish strongholds. Listen, strongholds, you know, you see a stronghold. You know what a stronghold is? Just what it says. It's a stronghold. It's something that it just, it's just, it's, it's there all the time. You know, there may be times when the devil attacks your body, but, you know, if you're going from one illness to the next illness to the next illness to the next illness to the next illness, something's, something needs to be dealt with in the spirit. You know? And if you, you know, if you just, hey, I, I've been there where I didn't have two nickels to rub together. But I didn't live there. See, something's wrong when that happens. We need to stand up and take our authority. See, because it's so easy to just get in the natural, you know, and give them that, well, you know, I just hadn't had the chance that other people had. I didn't have the opportunity. I didn't get an education. We all can have come up with all kinds of reasons. But listen, none of that's in the Bible. The Bible didn't say God's going to meet all your needs according to your education. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm, I have nothing against education. I mean, I'm, I'm all for it. But, I mean, but that, that's, that's not what I'm using to battle with. <laughs> he says to demolish strongholds, ways of thinking. You know, some people, they go under, they're under a cloud all the time. They're expecting the worst to happen. I'm going to turn the corner and bam, I'm going to get hit in the head, you know. Here it comes. Here it comes. It happened to my mama. happened to my grandmama. And it's how it happened to me. Yeah. If you don't do something about it, that's right. Amen. He says, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. 
What does God say? That's, a, that's the basis, along with our position, God's Word is the basis for knowing the parameters of our authority. If you don't know what the Word says, you don't know what your authority is. I mean, you know, if, if, you know, <laughs> if the mayor just gave me a call up and said, Hey, Pastor Norris, uh, you know, I'm going to deputize you. I, I want to make you chief of police. Man, I wouldn't have a clue what to do. I wouldn't have a clue how to use that. I'd probably use it wrong. Misapply it, misuse it, make a mess out of it. Come on. See, sometimes as Christians, we don't know, we don't know what the parameters of our authority are. Because we don't know what the Scriptures teach. So we let the devil harass us. Beat us up, beat us down, steal, rob, kill. All the time, Lord, do something. He's like, I have done something. It's time for you to do something. Amen. <clears throat> Listen, the kingdom of darkness, they're badges of authority. Now, you know, I know, I know, you know, in the in this is true in the military and in the police and all, you know, you know. Uh, especially with the policeman, he's got a badge, doesn't he? And you know, uh, if if he comes up to you now, if he's in uniform and he's got the badge on, that's obvious, isn't it? But but you know, sometimes you know they got uh, detectives and different ones that are plain's clothes, maybe in plain clothes. Well, they need to show before they can they can tell you before you have to do anything they say or anything. That first thing they got to do is they got to present their badge because it's not them. They can't tell you anything to do. But when they show you that badge of authority, then they can exercise authority in a certain sphere. And see, we need to make sure that we have our badge and uniform on. The kingdom of darkness, the badge for the kingdom of darkness is basically this. It's fear, doubt, and deception. That's how it operates. Fear, doubt, and deception. He wants to deceive you. He wants to make you think he's still the one that's strong. He's still the one that's got authority over you. He can, he can do what he wants to with your body. He can do what he wants to with your family member. He can do what he wants to with your mind. He can do what he wants to with your money. Well, I mean, you know, we used to sing it all the time. He is Lord. Jesus is Lord. You can't have more than one Lord. It's an impossibility by definition. <laughs> you just cannot. So if Jesus is Lord over your body, the devil don't have any say-so. If Jesus is Lord over your marriage, the devil don't have no say-so. The kingdom of Heaven has a badge too. Love, faith, and truth. And of course, we don't have time to get in it this morning, but the armor of God's our uniform. You put on the full armor of God, man, I'm telling you what, when you arrive on the scene, the devil goes, uh-oh. Not because of you, but because of the uniform you're wearing, the armor you're wearing, and the authority, the badge he sees the badge of authority that's been given to you 
in and by Christ Jesus. And he goes, "Uh uh-oh. Because he knows when you stand in your authority, there's a power he's already met before that's going to be right behind it. He's done had some of that. Jesus said, I saw him. I saw the devil kicked out. He said, I saw him fall to the earth like lightning. Don't ever get the idea that there's this this equal cosmic conflict between two equal powers of good and evil and yin and yang or whatever you want to call it. No, sir. God has already defeated Satan. He's a created being. God kicked him out. And soon he's going to lock him up. But Jesus has defeated him, defanged him, dethroned him. So he's operating as a criminal. I mean, Jesus said he's a thief. Isn't a thief a criminal? He's a criminal. So we take the name of Jesus and the armor of God. I got my, got my uniform on. What's that? The armor of God. I've got it on. I'm in Christ Jesus. I'm seated in the place of authority, at the right hand of all power in the universe. I don't know what we're going to do. Wouldn't you like to call 911 up and, you know, and and the police show up and, and, you know, and they just stay in the car and you finally, you know, you go to the car and and they're going, I don't know what we're going to do. That would inspire you, wouldn't it? I mean, when the policeman comes or whoever the emergency person, I'm expecting them to know what to do. I'm expecting them to exercise their authority. I'm expecting them to do something about my situation. Isn't that true? But Christians, here we are. I don't know what we got to do. <laughs> Come on. Thank you for your enthusiasm. It's still so anyway. First John, turn over to First John real quickly. I, I'm, boy, you need to get a hold of this. Because if you don't, like my brother used to say when we were in school, he used to brown bag the lunch, you know, always had the bully in school. You know, he would take your lunch, you know, take the best part of your lunch and then pop your bag right in your face. I mean, just, man... You know, because back when I was in school, you know, they didn't automatically promote people. I remember going to school. I'd be in the third grade, and we had a guy supposed to be in the fifth grade. Well, guess who was the bully? <laughs> he was because he's bigger. Than, he's two years older now. Well, he's bigger than everybody. But see, this is what the devil wants to do. He wants to steal. That's what Jesus said. He wants to rob, steal, and kill. And then he wants to pop the bag in your face by telling you that God did it or God permitted it or God's will for you. No, it's not. I said, no, it's not. See, if you don't know, though, you know, go back to my example here. You know, uh, uh, the policeman, especially, uh, I'm sure all policemen, but especially the chief of police, he's going to know all the the laws that are written in this city. He's going to know what the the codes are. He's going to know what's permitted and what's not. He's going to know that. By that way, he can know what, when somebody is keeping the law or somebody's. 
And when the devil comes to try to steal, kill, and destroy my life, he's breaking the law, and I'm going to arrest him. I'm going to serve a warrant on him. But some people, they're like, oh, God, what have got to do? First <laughs> John chapter 5. It says, verse 4, everyone, everyone born of God. Anybody in here born of God? Everyone born of God overcomes the world. How do we do it? This is a victory that overcomes the world. No. He said, even our faith. Faith in what? Faith in what we've been talking about. Faith in God's Word. Faith in the finished work of Christ. Faith in our position seated at the right hand of the Father. Faith in the authority that's been delegated in. You know, anytime, if you believe something, you will act on it. Faith without works, the Scripture says, is dead. Dead faith don't help you none. But the faith of God, that faith that He put in you, when you were born again, He's given to every one of us a measure of faith. We need to begin to use it. Use it. Use it. One of the primary ways we do that, what? Is exercising authority. We have authority now. We have authority now. Now, I, I didn't have time to get into it. I alluded to it last week, but I'll remind you again. Our authority is delegated, and it is limited. Jesus said, all authority has been given to me, speaking of himself. All authority has been given to Jesus. So if he's got all authority, you couldn't have it. So he's delegated to each of us as believers, a certain degree of authority that we can use. You know, the chief of police would have more authority, uh, you know, than the, the, the guy on the beat down there. But the guy on the beat down there can enforce any law that's on the books. He's got authority to do that. And so we have authority in our own lives. That's where we start exercising authority, is in my own life. In my own life, I do something about the devil. In the own, my own life, I begin to resist him. I begin to bind him. I begin to cast him out. I begin to say no more. I begin to serve the warrant on him in the name of Jesus, by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of God. I serve notice. You cannot rob from me any longer. You cannot oppress me any longer. I will not be oppressed, depressed. I'm not going to have anything. You have no place, no part in my life, in my home, in my family, in my finances, in my body. Whatever the Lord wants. I, you know. <laughs> you know, that medieval theology that still hangs around, that tells us that, you know, we just, you know, we just lay down and just let the devil run all over us and everything. You know, after all, he said, turn the other cheek, but not to the devil. Good grief. I don't turn the other cheek to him. I show him something else. <laughs> By authority. By authority. Not in myself. In myself, I'm nothing. But in Christ, I have authority. 
Amen? And I'm going to use it. So we need to learn to break demonic influences and strongholds. Look over in Mark 3 real quickly. Y'all getting anything out of this? Happy are you if you do it. What Jesus said. <laughs> Jesus is speaking here. You know, they've been accusing, you know, Jesus of casting a devil out by the power of a devil. And uh, <clears throat> he talked about a house divided cannot stand. And he talks about if Satan opposes himself and divided, his end has come. In verse 27, this is where I want to get the, the, the point here. In fact, no one can enter a strong man's house without first tying him up. Then he can plunder the strong man's house. Now, you know, most of the time we read this, we think of the devil as being the strong man. He's defeated. How can he be the strong man? You're the strong man or the strong woman. And see, the reason he's plundering your house is because what? He's got you all tied up. Tied up in unbelief. Tied up in fear. Tied up in doubt. Tied up in lack. And he's just plundering. He's just doing whatever he wants to. He's just having a holiday at your house. Thank you for your enthusiasm. I'm just trying to help you. But listen, see, you can rise up and say, no, I'm not going to be tied up any longer. I'm the strong man here. And devil, you're going to have to go. You're going to have to go for my family. You're going to have to go for my home. You're going to have to go for my finances. Come on. It starts in my house. If a man does not know how to rule his own house, how can he rule in the house of God? If we can't use authority in our own life, if we can't begin to practice this and put it in by faith, then how are we going to do anything when we come together? You know, I don't think ten paralyzed men could do more than one paralyzed man. <laughs> how about fifty paralyzed men? But see, too often the enemy's got us paralyzed. He's got us tied and bound up with this stuff. And we come together and, we, you know, and we act like we're going to do something. I'm <laughs> going to meddling now. Woo! Got to love you, Pastor. But listen, listen, the good news is this. All you got to do is decide today's, you know what, hey, God said it. The Word says it. Jesus did it. I'm going to exercise my authority. You just get up, begin to serve notice on Him. Serve notice on Him. Hey, man, read out the warrant deed. Hey, devil, let me read over here. Jesus has defeated and disarmed you. You are paralyzed and defeated, and He has been raised up. And I got news for you. Here's the sidebar. I've been raised up with him. God said it. If he wants to argue with him, just tell him, God said it. Go talk to, the, go talk to God. Go talk to the Father. Go talk to him. God said it. I believe it. And you got to obey it. Amen? You know, criminals, if they won't abide a, a criminal... People with criminal intent, if they won't abide by the laws, then that's where force comes in to make them obey the law. 
See, and when you stand in your authority, the, if the devil decides, you know, he's, go, he's not going to listen to your authority or anything, that's when God's power comes in. God will execute the warrant. You leave that to him, but you do your part. See, we start with our family. We start with our family. Anything in your family that's, that's been a stronghold that just seems to linger on and on and on, I mean, that's a clue that, that is a, that's more than just a natural thing from the fall. There's a spiritual activity going on there. And you need to just rise up in your prayer closet and do something about it. Say, devil, listen, no more. No more fear in this house. No more worry in this house. No more sickness and infirmity in this house. No more strife in this house. No more condemnation in this house. No more lack in this house. I'm serving notice. Start with our families. That's where we start. See, and if we can get, uh, you know, some of us to start doing that, then when we come together as the church, authority is amplified. By being a part of his body. Amen. All of a sudden now the authority goes from just my family. It can go beyond into a neighborhood, into a city. And you start getting the body of Christ to begin to move in this authority. And you begin to affect a nation. But see, here's the, here's the problem. We've got... We've got a few people who are exercising this and know this, but, you know, they're trying to do what God intended the body to do. They're trying to bind the devil in this nation. But it's, it takes, it, this is why I've talked about the, the unity of community. You know, there's some weird logic to my stuff. <laughs> I'm trying to build line upon line and precept upon precept. If we don't come into unity, we'll never exercise this authority. And the few of us that, that are exercising our own family, we're going to do our best. But you, you know what? We can't do it because God didn't design it to work that way. If one person could just bind every devil, man, wouldn't we have it made? I'm sure by now Brother Copeland and Brother Hagen and them, they would have already bound them all. <laughs> but... <laughs> No, no matter how great the men and women are that God raised up by themselves, they, they can't do it because why? Because they're not called to do that. They don't have that degree of authority. Nobody does. It takes the body. It takes the body. You want to see the, the power of the devil put to flight in our nation? It's going to take the body. We've got to come together. But if he gets us all sniping at one another, Part your hair on the left. Now, if we part ours on the right, we ain't having nothing to do with you. Some of us don't have enough to part at all, so we're in another party. <laughs> I'm telling you, it, it's, it's, it, I mean, sometimes if you step back and look at it, it's absolutely just silly and ridiculous of what the body of Christ will fall for sometimes. Uh, I want you to look in Colossians real quickly. It's early yet. Are you doing all right out there? <laughs> Tell it, sister. Colossians chapter 1. Notice what he says here. 
verse 12. He said, give joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you. Who, who, is, who has qualified you? You're qualified. You're qualified to resist the devil. You're qualified to bind the devil. You're qualified to cast him out. As a matter of fact, God has commissioned you. You have a commission. Now, why is Sylvia way off in Texas working there? She's under orders. She has a commission. She's under authority. Amen? We have been qualified. We have been commissioned by the Father. And we need to do something with it. To share in the inheritance of the holy uh, people in the kingdom of light. For He has rescued us. See, some people are still praying as if they need to be rescued. Oh, God, the devil's after me. Bless His holy name. <laughs> he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness. The word dominion there has to do with rule and reign and being under someone's authority. You know, I am not concerned in the least that the Taliban's going to come and put me in prison this morning. Because I'm not in their territory and I'm not subject to their authority. <laughs> I am not in the least. We shouldn't be in the least. Why are you fretting and worried about what, what the devil's going to do and what the devil's doing? You're not under his dominion anymore. Unless this Bible's lying. He said he's rescued us from the dominion of darkness. You are rescued. Stop praying that God would do something. He's already done it. He's rescued you and brought us into the kingdom of the Son He loves. Now, see, as long as I'm here in the United States, the Taliban's authority has no jurisdiction over me. But now if I'm dumb enough to put myself in a position to where I am, in their domain. See, what happens, see, is the devil starts by a criminal act of breaking and entering into your life. He's trying to, he's trying to do that, and then if you'll permit it, you, permit, you put yourself under his authority. Okay, go ahead, steal all you want to. Here, I'll help you load it up. Come on. I mean, can you imagine that? You know, you get up at night and you, you, you surprise a burglar in there. He's in your house and he's loading up stuff. And you say, uh, just a minute, let me get my robe on. I'll help you load. But many times that's what we do spiritually. Well, the Lord giveth the Lord, taketh away. Let me help you load it, Lord. Brought us into the kingdom of the Son He loves. Listen, you're in the, the kingdom of light, the kingdom of His Son. You're under the dominion, the rule, and authority of Christ Jesus, the Father God, and the devil has no say-so about your life. Whether you miss it, whether you don't, he still has no say-so. Amen? All right, real quickly, i got to close here. Look, look in uh, John 14. I want to compare a couple of scriptures here, and then we're going to pray. 
I, I, you know, I'm convinced of this. And I, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a firm believer in prayer. In its rightful place. Used in the right way. But I am, I, sometimes, and maybe I'll do a teaching on this sometime, but sometimes I'm concerned that because we're so quick, you know, to ask for prayer, and that's a good thing. Don't misunderstand me. But sometimes some of the things we're asking to pray for, we oughtn't to be praying for, we ought to be standing up in our authority for. And, you know, and, 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 you know, and sometimes I'm tempted to take somebody back and say, you know, I'm happy to pray, but you really, <laughs> you need to kick the bomb out. I'm talking about the devil, not your husband. <laughs> <laughs> I want to make that clear to all us, all we husbands. <laughs> In John 14, and this is why I want to compare these two scriptures. John 14, and then uh, we're going to look there in John 16. I want to compare something here. John 14, verse 13, Jesus is speaking. He said, <clears throat> He says, I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Now, because of the English language, it looks like he's talking about prayer there, but he's not. He's talking about making, and if you study this out, you can do it for yourself. If you, you, you can get a, you know, a New Testament dictionary, you can look at the, the Hebrew and the Greek as well as I can. But he says, if you... Anything that you make a demand in my name. Somebody says, well, I don't know. I, don't like, I think, you, what are you talking about making a, a demand on Jesus? Well, let me give it to you this way. Anybody in here have a checking account or ever had a checking account? When you write out a check on that account, you are making a Demand. When you present it to the bank, you are making a demand on that bank. Amen. I've got money in this bank. That money belongs to me in this bank. And I'm presenting this check, making a demand that you give it up. Well, you're not, they're not going to arrest you for holding up the bank. Are you listening? You're not holding up the bank. You're not making somebody do something. You're just making a demand on something that belongs to you. This is what Jesus was saying. He said, I've been, you've been given authority. You've been given authority in my name. He said, so use anything you make a demand on using that authority in my name. He said, I'm going to do it. I'm going to back it up. In other words, I go in there, and, you know, I don't have to talk to the, the president of the bank. All I got to do is get to the teller and say, yeah, I'm making a demand. The teller has to do it. We've got some heavenly tellers called angels. And I'm not saying that to, to be little angels. I'm just making an illustration because sometimes, you know, we, we can talk theology and we've all heard that before and we're just like, oh yeah, I've heard all that. But the Bible says that angels are ministering spirits that have been sent to minister on behalf of the heirs of salvation. When you stand in your authority, not only does 
the Holy Spirit go in motion, but your angel goes into motion. Do you know you have an angel? I said, did you know you have an angel? Some of you angels, I mean, your angels are just bored stiff. You don't ever do nothing. You don't ever make a demand. You don't ever... <laughs> All right. So the word ask here literally means in the Greek to make a demand. To make a demand. You know, I demand my rights. That's what, and, you know, and you're not telling, Je you're telling the devil in Jesus' name, I'm demanding my rights. I'm demanding that you give up, yeah, you know, the money that you've stolen from me. I demand that you take your hand off of my body and take the sickness with you. I demand it in Jesus' name. I demand it. See, this is where Jesus does something. Did you notice that? He said, I will do it. I will do it. Now, look in John 16 real quickly. I've got to close. Verse 23, Jesus is still speaking here. He said, in that day, you will no longer ask me anything. Well, wait a minute. See, if you think these are both prayers, then that seems to be contradictory because he just said over here, if you ask me anything in my name, I'll do it. But now he's saying here, he said, you no longer ask me anything. So, so if you don't distinguish that, it seems to be a contradiction. He just said one page over. If you ask anything in my name, I'll do it. <laughs> He's talking about demanding your rights in His name, using the authority. You're demanding of the devil. Isn't that what a policeman does? A policeman finds somebody committing a, a crime, a criminal committing a crime, crime. He goes in, uses his authority, and says, I demand that you stop. I'm not asking you to stop. I demand that you stop. And if you don't, i got some power here. <laughs> you can obey or you can feel the power. <laughs> so he said, in that day you will no longer ask me anything. Very truly I tell you, my Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now you've not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. In prayer the Father responds to our request in the name or the authority of Jesus. So we ask the Father in the name of Jesus. That's prayer. But we don't ask the devil, Mr. Devil, if you wouldn't mind. Sure would appreciate it. If you could let me have a couple of bucks. Sure need it. No. You demand. I mean, you know, if, if I woke up in the middle of the night, a noise woke me up, and I went in there, and somebody was, was you know, burglarizing my house, I'd demand that they stop and give me back what they had. Because we're about to get it on. <laughs> I'm going to hit you with a pot, a pan, a baseball bat, or whatever I got, but we're going to get it on. Demand. So there's a difference. There's things that we should pray and ask the Father about, but there are also many things that we should recognize. The activity of satanic powers. And we should rise up to do something about it in the authority in Christ. Let me give you some action points. Let me ask you a question. Are you waiting on God to do something about the devil? Well, you know, I'm just... Thinking one of these days God's going to do something. 
you know, boy, I'm going won't that be a great day? Well, you know, the day he may do something, it may be the day that you go home to be with the Lord. <gasps> Come on. You don't do nothing about the devil's attack on your body. You may go home before God intended for you to. I mean, maybe medical science can help you. I'm not against that. That's, thank God for that. But, you know, God wants us to do something. You know, so you need to ask yourself a question, especially something that's been, you know, it's been just hanging on. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Man, I'm telling you, that's a, that's a, that's a big old road sign right there. Wait a minute. I mean, how long does God want you to be lost? Well, how long does he want you to be sick? How long does he want you to be broke? How long does he want you to be depressed? A day, a week? I mean, when will you know that the time's up? Now you can be whole. <laughs> I mean, that's the way we approach things a lot of times in the body of Christ. Well, I'm just, well, you know, we just, we just uh, hoping and praying and waiting on the Lord. No, you're not. You're ignorant of your rights, and you're not exercising your authority. So the devil just keeps eat, eating your lunch. I mean, if the Lord blesses you, the devil's right there to snatch it out. Meditate on the Scriptures that reveal your God-given authority. Go through the, the epistles, especially Ephesians, Colossians. Go through Look at what he said there about the church, who you are. Not who you feel like. Are you listening? Not what you feel like. Who you are. You are who God says you are. Amen? I mean, is feelings Lord? Or is Jesus Lord? Be honest with yourself. Well, you know, Pastor, I do that, but I just, I'm, I feel so tired. I just feel so weak. I just feel like I can't hardly put one foot in front of the other. I... Well, then you, you know what? Feelings is Lord. I didn't say you wouldn't have feelings. I just said they're not Lord. <laughs> Amen. Fight the good fight of faith, not feelings. Jesus is not Lord when your feelings feel good, and then when you feel bad, He's not Lord anymore. Jesus didn't defeat the enemy when you feel on top of the world, and then when you, you're feeling depressed, he didn't defeat them. Come on. He's the Lord God who changes not. He doesn't change. He won't change. In God's mind, what he said, that's the way it is. It's settled. You need to settle it. And you know the times when you feel the weakest is the time when you can still exercise authority the strongest. Remember what Paul, when he was being attacked, he said, I prayed the Lord three times that he would take it from me. And, and, and Jesus trying to teach him, said, Paul, he said, my grace is sufficient for you for even in your weakest time. He said, my power is mighty and made perfect. You feeling weak? Stand up and shout. Feeling like the devil, you know, is doing this, that, and the other. You stand your ground. You show him your badge. You 
put on the armor of God. You get out there in front and you say, stop, devil, in Jesus' name. I am authorized to serve this warrant on you. I arrest your work in my life in the name of Jesus. Here's what we're going to do. Stand up on your feet because I just feel like you can do this. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.